Hey, this is Adam White. I'm the pastor of New Beginning Assembly of God, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and our hope and prayer is that this podcast inspires you, builds your faith, and lets you know that God cares and He loves you. Enjoy the message. Here? All right. So tonight I want to talk to you about the subject... Overcoming confusion with wisdom. Overcoming confusion with wisdom. When I read that chapter, when I read the the title of that chapter, I thought to myself, oh, how is this going to (laughs) be? How is this going to be? Because I don't think I'm confused. (laughs) But I read a little bit more and I just thought how much I'm confused. (laughs) Amen. It is terrible to be confused. In fact, it is so awful to be confused that I myself was confused this whole week. Or, yeah, it was the beginning of this week. I was so confused that I went and um, Angie, my sister-in-law, Marcy's sister, called and said, we're over in Panama, will you go and check on the dogs for us real quick if you can? And we said, yeah, that's no problem, we don't have... Anything to do, we're on there. And so we go over there and we're checking on the dogs, the little puppies and all that. And they're, you know, doing puppy things or whatever. And so um, we were sitting there and I believe the kids had taken them and were walking them so they could do their business and all that. And Marcy said, this is so nice outside, even though it's hot, that they live in St. Joe Beach. So that ocean breeze comes up. And so she said, it's really comfortable. Cindy even likes to go outside. She's got a screened-in porch, and it's nice sitting there, ain't it, just to sit down on that porch and just feel the breeze and all of that stuff. Well, Angie and Tom have these outdoor swings. They're just out in the yard, so Marcy's just sitting on the right, and so I'm sitting on the left, and we're talking and everything. And all of a sudden, I got confused. I got really confused because I thought to myself, I'm sitting here in this chair, but I feel this pain, and it really hurts. And I cannot figure out for the life of me what in the world is going on. And I looked, and I said, now that's the craziest thing. And then I looked closer, and then I saw two of them wasps that had got me on my thigh, that tender part of the thigh. And I said, oh, Jesus, they done messed with the wrong person. And I got my, uh, my uh, sandal, my flip-flop, and I whacked every, I killed every one of them things. I knocked that nest down. I killed every one of them. And I said, that's what you get <laughs> for stinging me. Oh, that hurt. It still just throbs a little bit when I think about it, those nasty things. But see, <laughs> I was confused because I didn't know I had stepped inside of a nest and all of a sudden this searing, burning pain got in my thigh. And them Bless their hearts. Them wasps were confused because they didn't see this big old tail just move and cover them up and said, Hey, <laughs> we, were, we were fine making our nest and now this big old fella's done sit on our... Uh-uh, we gonna get him. They got confused real quick. <laughs> Amen. It's terrible to be confused. That's just something silly that happened to me. You know, silly things always happen to Brother Adam. So, so... Uh, talking about confusion and in a more serious note here, there is so much confusion 
in this world that we live in. We are so confused that we think that even though our anatomy says one thing, in our mind we can say, no, it's not, it's another thing, and what says in our mind is correct, not what says in our body. I know there's some things going on with that, but most of it is, you know, most of it is a mind thing, that they're confused. People are confused when you're grown in your 40s and 50s and you think you're a baby and you ask a family to adopt you and you act like a baby and they change your diaper. You're confused when you think you're a dog so after work you go and buy this material and you dress up as a dog and your girlfriend or whatever walks you around like a dog and all that kind of mess. You're confused when you allow your child that's nine year old to dress in provocative clothes and dance at a gay bar and not think that there's going to be a repercussion of that because you're upset that now there's lewd messages being sent to your son. There's confusion. There's confusion when you say everybody has a right to kill a baby. It doesn't matter what it's the woman's right. But bless God, don't you dare mess with that bird or them turtles or this, that, and the other. I know we've got to all protect life and life is sacred. But you would think that would come over to also human beings. Amen. And I'll say this too. We're confused with how we get gas is burning corn to get gas. So we're burning our main food source so we can have this ethanol gas. There's, that's confusion. That, that's very confusing. What's sad too is tonight I have read two articles. When I was a teenager, one of my family members, I don't remember who it was, but gave me this book as I was growing up, preteen teen. And it was written, I forget, I had his name, but it just left me. But the book title was, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And it talked about having, to, having a relationship and honoring God and following God's word with, while dating and all of that kind of stuff. He wrote that book way back younger when I was, so that was in the 90s, 1996, 7, something like that. He's now come off and said that Christianity, he doesn't believe in Christianity. So now he's just said, nope, I'm done with it, that it's all fake and all that stuff. Then there's an artist, another name, I forget his name as well, but from Hillsong. He, was, he wrote a lot of the songs that they sung in Hillsong and all that. He's now posted that Christianity is fake and all this stuff, and now he's recanted his Christianity. People are getting confused. People are becoming very, very dangerously confused. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. Overcoming confusion with wisdom. Just to give you a little, because it's been neat to kind of um, how the author takes us into actually what, you know, what the Roman soldier attire looked like when Paul was describing this armor of God. And it talked about how the helmet was a very critical, important part of that armory. And does anyone know why that's so important? 
because it protected your head. <laughs> it protected the skull and the brain <laughs> from blows inflicted by the enemy. Ain't that enemy so just mean? He just inflicts all these dangers. Last week we talked about fiery darts and poisonous darts. Now he wants to bash us and hit us up on the head. Good Lord. It was to protect it from the inflap. And so what happened was this, uh, this kind of just like the shield, it was a leather part made with leather, made with partly wood and metal, and they had different kinds of helmets for different people. So if you were just a basic soldier, you just had a simple helmet. But if you, had, if you were higher up, then you would have something called a pume. Or it would be, and maybe you've seen this in movies or pictures or something, but it was this thing that stuck up in, the, in your crown here. And it had this big flowing red, it's usually red flowing arch or something like that. And that meant, oh, you were important. You were very well protected and people wanted to keep you safe. Amen. So that helmet was to protect us. So like just that helmet did for the physical people in the army, we also have a spiritual helmet. It is the helmet of salvation. So the purpose of the spiritual helmet is not to impart salvation but to protect the believer's assurance of it. The assurance of yourself. This helmet does not save you. <laughs> the helmet's job was to protect that mind. And the Bible talks a lot about we have to be in like mind like Christ. Put on the mind of Christ and other things. I'll, I'll read uh, different verses and all of that. Amen. But that helmet protected us, and one of the things that protects us of the believer's assurance. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, we don't believe in the once saved, always saved assurance. We do believe that there is a possibility that you can lose one's salvation. You can willingly say, no, I don't want salvation. I reject it, unfortunately, like those two individuals that we just that I said that is a willful rejection of the cross and we know what the Bible speaks about that that those who have tasted <laughs> there is no recompense that's very dangerous meaning that there's if God don't help and intervene there's no help for those two individuals I'm afraid but just as a physical helmet protects a soldier's brain the spiritual helmet protects your mind from the assaults of Satan's lies, corrupt philosophies, and confusion of thought. The weapons he uses to undermine your commitment and convictions of security in Christ. That is what I'm talking about, is that helmet is to protect the believer's assurance. Because I know this very well, and you, and you know this too, 
that, that enemy of our never dying soul loves to sit on our shoulders and loves to whisper and tell us and paint us stories of catastrophes and bad things and how God's not going to see you through and look what you've done and he is an accuser of the brethren, the Bible speaks. And the enemy loves to just throw those darts and those blunt attacks on this mind. You know, to hurt somebody's in the head, you know, I'm not going to do this, but if I could with my son, but, <laughs> but y'all probably call child services on me. But if I went over there and I just smacked you in the head, it would be, you know, you would be, I'm sure, Sister Cat, you'd be very upset with me if I just went over here and just smacked you on the head. But if I wanted to hurt you, I could get something that's heavy and blunt you, and then I'd really be bad in trouble. <laughs> Amen. And so that's what gets the enemy. That's what injures our mind. Those blunt, heavy attacks. Those attacks that say you're not going to make it. You are failing. God doesn't love you. You're not going to get healed you're crazy. All these things that attack our mind. And that helmet of salvation protects that mind from the assaults of the enemy. It means to put on Christ. An idea found in Paul's epistle in Romans 13 and 14 and Galatians 3 and 27. More specifically, the helmet is a metaphor for the mind of Christ. Folks, hear me tonight. We have to put on the mind of Christ. I'm telling you right now, we are in a dangerous situation. Never before have we been attacked for our faith. I guarantee you, if I say something on, if I post on Facebook, and I'll uh, uh, post a simple, fundamental, biblical truth that if you sin without forgiveness, you're going to hell. There would be many that would respond negatively to me and would do a big campaign. If there was some that I said, you know, you cannot... Don't have sex before marriage. Oh my goodness. That would be, I would be attacked by that. Don't you have an adulterous affair? Oh, I'd be attacked on that. Don't you do this. Don't you do that. Don't you get in that homosexual lifestyle. Good Lord, they'd, they'd round me up, tar and feather me, hang me and crucify me all at one time. Oh, and that I believe it what was good, that author who wrote that article about those two Christian guys, he said, I believe the fact is why they quit is because of the social pressure that we're on. Folks, we are under attack. Our social, a social attack, so to speak. Our beliefs and our way of life. What we believe is being attacked in an ever, man, if you, I mean, look at those that support Trump. If you go in a restaurant with a red hat that says, make America great, they're able to fight you, knife you, kill you, shoot you, do all kinds of terrible things. Never have we seen anything like this. Never have we seen anything like this. 
But it's our morals and our values that are under attack. And oh, you've got to be so careful because if you don't do this or if you say something wrong, then oh, it's bad news and people want to pick it and do all kind of crazy stuff. So folks, we've got to have the mind of Christ. We have to put on that helmet of salvation. Not put on salvation, but church, we've got to protect our salvation. Because I'm telling you, that enemy wants nothing more than to come in and to rob us and to steal us and get any kind of way he can to get in and to through to get into this mind. Oh, he'll do it. And he'll make us, again, I've told you many times, tell us the craziest things. When you put on this helmet, you put on the assurance of your own salvation and you protect the mind from Satan's deception with the wisdom of God. What is so interesting in this book, and I found it so hard, I mean, excuse me, not hard, but so interesting, was, and I have said this before, and the author had said this, and I want to see a raise of hand. How many of you have prayed and said, God, give me wisdom? Give me wisdom in this. Give me understanding in this. And see, sometimes <laughs> he had said the wisdom of God equips and prepares you for God's purpose. It strengthens you in the certainty of your salvation so you can overcome confusion, falsehood, and uncertainty with God-given confidence that comes through Christ alone. Wisdom, listen to this, wisdom is often confused with knowledge but there's a big difference and oh I, when, I, when I read that I thought hmm because there has been many times where I said God I need wisdom on this and I wanted knowledge but it says knowledge involves the accumulation of facts that's what knowledge is but wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge to achieve the best outcome. That is wisdom. We can say, God, I don't know how to do this. I don't think we need to pray that way. I think we need to pray, God, give me wisdom on how I can fix this. Or give me the understanding on what I can do to make this right. Or change this or do this, that, or the other. It is not just gathering facts, but it's getting the facts, getting our situations together and saying, God, what can I do to fix this and how can you orchestrate it? And sometimes, folks, it's just a blind trust of God. I'm walking in to your wisdom. I don't have all the answers because why? I'll mess it up. But God in heaven has all of the answers and he can come in and show us exactly what to do. Every board meeting that, I, that I've participated in, when we've had this meeting over here, we've had a time of prayer before we ever start. And we ask for God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's understanding on what we can do to better his kingdom. What we can do to help with the finances, with things like that. Not just gathering facts, but God help us to understand 
I thought about this and I will use me as an example, but I feel like sometimes I don't have much common sense. There are some things that I don't have a common sense factor of, but I have the knowledge. Like there was a situation um, in my car and I did not know how to fix it. I didn't have the knowledge. I knew what was wrong and I knew the facts of what was wrong, but I didn't have the knowledge and the understanding to fix it. So me and Sister Marcy got on YouTube and it showed us exactly what we needed to do and all of that kind of stuff. My problem is, is I cannot read necessarily something like a big long instruction book. I mean, I can, but it's difficult and I'm, I'm slow. I have to kind of really think about it. But if you show me, if, you, if I see something, oh, I can get it then. I can get it then. I had to go to Appalach to help Brother Scotty with doing something. And he said, and I was trying to tell him over the phone. And I said, Brother Scotty, I said, listen, let me come see you. And he said, no, that is too far. I said, no, it's not too far. It's fine. I'd rather, I want to help you. And I just, I just, I'd rather you, me show you than tell because that way we can get it fixed. So we did. We load up that car, went up to Appalachia. He was there. I fixed his situation. He, we worked everything, and it worked out good, and everything was fine. See, that is knowledge. That is, excuse me, the wisdom of God. Not just knowledge for facts, for just getting facts, but it's the knowledge and wisdom on how I can focus or how I can live my life. It's putting on and asking for God's wisdom, putting on Christ's mind. To protect our minds from deception and confusion, we need the wisdom dispensed by God Himself. If ever we need God's wisdom, we need it now. Oh, we need His wisdom just to get out the door. <laughs> we need His wisdom just to put on our clothes and and just act right and say hello and all of that. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And I, that is something that I have done. I have said, Lord, I need your wisdom. So I'm putting on your helmet. I'm asking. Because your word said if anyone asks, lacks wisdom, ask and they'll receive it. So I need wisdom on what to do. I need wisdom on how to do this. I need wisdom on what I need to do in this situation, in that situation, and all of that. Folks, there's nothing wrong with that. And folks, I tell you, I'm the, I'm, I don't know everything. And sometimes, I sometimes feel like I need to know everything. And if I don't, I get frustrated and I get down on myself. But guess what? I don't know everything. And I never will. But with God's help and God's wisdom, He can help us in whatever situation we get ourselves into. To know exactly what needs to happen. Amen? In Scripture, a wisdom refers to knowing the course of action that will please God and make our lives what, we, what He wants them to be. There it is. If we could highlight that, if you got that book, if you, it's on page, 
uh, my phone says 127. But if you can just highlight and circle that and do that, that is wisdom. Refers to knowing the course of action that will please God and make our lives what He wants them to be. That is godly wisdom. That is the wisdom that we seek from heaven above. That is the only wisdom that Christ gives us when we put on that helmet of salvation. He promises a way of life superior to the way of the world. And folks, sometimes the world will look at us and say, that's not how you're supposed to do that. But oh, the Bible says that God's mind and thoughts are so much higher and that he confounds the wise with the foolish things of this world. Oh, I'm telling you, God knows so much. Wisdom is acquired through our efforts to learn, grow, improve, and study. It's not automatic and it's not instantaneous. It is not, it is something that we have to study. And when I think about studying, I think about school. And when I think about school, I think about tests. And when I think about tests, my palms get sweaty. And I just get nervous because I hate tests. And I told somebody, um, I said, you know, I don't mind taking a class. And I can talk with you about it. But if you said, all right, here's this piece of paper. Now you're going to ask these questions and you better get them right. I will freeze up. There's just something about it. My nerves kick in. (laughs) Our nerves kick in. I'll let you know this. With the assemblies, there are three levels in ministry. Um, Each minister, uh, when they're credentialed with the assemblies, they can become a pastor and do the, or, uh, do the um, you know, communion and ba- baptism. They have all the blessing to do the ministry work of the assemblies. But there's three levels. You've got to start somewhere to go up. So they're certified, which I am, licensed and ordained. Well, they don't want you to stay in certified. They want you to move on up. And so I have moved up now from certified to licensed. So I've had to take tests and I've had to learn and I've had to study and I've had to do all of these kind of things. But God has helped me because I've needed his wisdom <laughs> and helped me to do these classes and everything. And I'm saying all of this to say this. Sometimes in life we get nervous. We get antsy. We get kind of well, again, nervous about situations that rise up in us and we begin to even think things in our mind and roll back and try to figure these things. But all it does is burn gas and energy (laughs) because you'll never be able to figure it out. God in heaven is the one that gives us the wisdom to understand what we need to do and how to do it. Wisdom comes from living and learning from a hunger to learn and grow over the course of a lifetime. That's what wisdom does. It will enable us to see life from the control center instead of the train platform. The author put this in here and he was saying that it was a story of this guy that he went into this train station And he looked in this big train depot and he saw all these trains just moving. And he said, if you looked at it, you would think 
my goodness, what in the world? That is so confusing. How to find the trains and how this train you think will go here and then it just slides over and then this one train will disconnect and go to another train and all of this. And the guy was like, this is just boggles my mind. Well, then he goes into the control panel and he sees there's a guy sitting in the control panel and there's this big board in front of him. And there's lights, and each light represented a train and cars that are connected to the train. So even though when you look down and you see these trains, you see chaos, in reality, there is someone that's in the control panel knowing exactly what's going on. So even though it looks confusing and crazy, and we're saying, my goodness, what in the world is this? There is somebody that's in control, that knows exactly what's going on. (laughs) Oh, get that, church. There is a control panel in our life that somebody has got control of that is not just sitting us here because he's got nothing better to do or sitting us here because he's uh, absent-minded or forgot something or didn't see this event coming, but he's got everything under control. And that's hard for some that like things to be in control. I like to be in control of things. I like to understand what something's happening. I don't like, I mean, I know if, (laughs) I I know what I'm saying and some, some, and I know Sister Marcy is one that's like, Adam, you are not in control. You are the craziest person. You will just say, let's go to Timbuktu and we're just driving down and we're thinking, good Lord, what's happening? But I do like to be in control. <laughs> but there are times where we, we can, but we have to, the main controls have to say, God, you know better. God, you understand everything better than I can. And you know exactly what's going on. And life can be crazy like those trains. But, oh, folks, let me tell you, there's a mighty good conductor in the control panel that knows exactly what's going on. And even though he may have led you to a place that you didn't want to go to, he's not putting you there to punish you. He's not putting there because he's mad at you. He's not putting you there because he forgot about you, but he puts you there for a reason and he's coming back to get you. Sometimes when those trains, they have to be depoted a little bit. And them little cabooses, I'm sure, Everett watches some show where those cabooses are real life and they talk and all that kind of stuff. I've seen some of those little things and they'll get mad that they don't get to ride the carts and all that. And they're just depoted and they're sad and sad sacked about and they think the Mr. Conductor's forgot about them. Oh, poor Mr. Conductor don't like me no more. He's put me in this depot. He's put me in the shed. And oh, I just don't know why, God. I don't know why. I've done everything right. Did I do something wrong? Ain't that the truth? When something bad happens, I've said that, God, have I done something? Lord, have I done, oh, have I sinned? God, have I sinned? Lord, search my heart. (laughs) Search it, Lord, have I done? No, I've done nothing wrong. Life has just happened. And God has led us in a way, maybe to sit us down to teach us something. Maybe to sit us down to keep us from harm's way. We don't know why God does what he does, but we can trust knowing that he's in control. Amen? Oh, I just went somewhere, but anyway. When we humble ourselves, desire God's wisdom, and listen to His words and obey them, He gives us all the wisdom we need for the moment. The wisdom simply to take the next 
step. The next step. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to desire God's wisdom. We have to listen to his words. And oh, we've got to obey him. <laughs> we have got to obey him. There are times where, and I will be honest with you, there are times where, and I have caught myself doing this, but I will be up in this pulpit and I will, and God will give me a word and I will say and I will speak and I feel that's what God wants me to say and I feel peace about it and everything is good and, I, and the next day comes and I do exactly the thing that I said y'all not to do. <laughs> and I get myself like, Lord, why am I worrying? Why am I? And I mean, just get so upset. There was a situation that I got a phone call of about work late at night. And it bothered me so bad. It bothered me so bad. And I mean, I just, you could, I mean, I was just like, just, just, just dig it. Just get that shovel out of that shed, Marcy. Just start shoveling. Just start shoveling. Just put me in. It's, I mean, this is bad. Oh, this is horrible. I'm just, this is awful. Don't we sometimes feel that way? We get into situations and, or we don't even get into situations. Situations find us. <laughs> situations find us. And we say, oh God, just, just kill me. Just get it over with. Swing low, sweet chair. Come on, take me home, Lord. Just take me on. Take me. Lord, have mercy. And here I done preached a message on faith. There I preached a message of don't give up God's with you. God have forsake you. God. And there I am. Oh, God bless. He's a, oh, just crying and carrying on and all that stuff. But you know what he'll do, Sister White? He'll just come up beside me and say, now, Brother Adam... What did you preach about? <laughs> what, did, what did I tell you about? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, that is human in us. You know, even though I'm behind this pulpit and God gives me words and all that, I'm still responsible just like it's my responsibility to give you what I feel God has given me to you. But I also have to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> And sometimes, and you know what, we can all be guilty. Even when I wasn't a, the, the, head hunt, the, the head knocker. <laughs> Even when I wasn't the head knocker. You know, I still had to listen to what the preacher had to say. And folks, that is sometimes something difficult. Because I've always said this, and preaching's easy. Preaching's very easy. I can, I mean, it just, to me it is, and it's just an easy thing. And God speaks to me and gives me words and all that kind of stuff. But it's the doing part. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the difficult part sometimes. But folks, what's wonderful is God don't get mad at us. God don't say, now Adam, you're just a complete failure. Look at this. I've told you to do this and you've done the exact same. Let me get my belt real quick here. No, he don't do that. But he just simply comes to us. Now, sometimes he gets on to me, but sometimes he just says, now, Adam, you got to calm down. You got to think. And there are times where I have to say, God, I understand. I have to put on your wisdom. I have to have faith. I have to believe now. I know that situation's coming. I mean, I didn't ask for it. It just, it found me. But I have to rely on God's faith 
his faith, my faith in him, that he's going to set us free. He's going to do these things for us. And folks, that's why it is important that we put on the helmet of salvation. We put on the mind of Christ to help us. Because folks, we're human. If, I, if I, I've got this little machine that I prick my finger, I haven't been doing it because I've been... My sugar's been really good, but it checks my sugar. And I just, that little pin just goes poop, and it just pokes, and I squeeze it, and red blood comes. If I brought that machine and I did that to all of y'all, guess what? We'd bleed. We'd bleed red. Every one of us would, be, would bleed red. We're human. We make mistakes. The, better, the best of us does. Even the worst of us does. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, folks, we make mistakes. And the reason, and that's even more reason why we need God. More than anything. We need Him. I'm telling you, I need Him. I need Him to wake me up in the morning. I need Him to help me brush my teeth in the morning. I, help, I need Him to pick out my clothes in the morning. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll tell you a funny story about that. It's not funny, it's serious, but it was kind of funny. About talking about praying about putting on your clothes and everything like this. This person at work, she just didn't think, and she started putting on clothes, and she came in the office, and I said, you can't wear that. Huh? You can't wear that. Why not? Because you got a big old marijuana leaf right here, and we ain't going to do that. Go back to the house. (laughs) Go back to the house and change. And they said, I didn't even realize I had this on. I didn't even realize I had it on. See, folks, that's just kind of silly or whatever. But in reality, we've got to pray. I believe, I believe we've got to say, God, help me pick what I need to wear. I know because one time I had to take a picture at a house and I bent down and my pants just, just split right down in that middle. And I said, dear Lord, have mercy. Dear Lord, and I never bought, I got these jeans from a store, and I said, I'll never buy them again, because <laughs> they ripped, and it was very embarrassing. But we got to pray God's help and God's wisdom on all things, amen? These are just, I'm just being funny and cute and all of that stuff, but it's the truth. When we humble ourselves, desire God's word, we have to desire God's wisdom, and the reason and the reason we get or how we get his wisdom is found in his word. This book, well, it's my tablet, but my Bible's in there, my Bible's in front of here, your Bible's that you have in hand is wisdom. There is wisdom in there. If I've said there that that's your rule book for life. It will guide you and tell you what you need, what you don't need to do. It will instruct you. And how we desire God's wisdom is we'll find it in God's book, in God's words. Not only that, we've got to, again, listen to what his words say to us. We have to listen. We have to listen to our, we have to devote our time to study. We have to, and you know, I told a person this the other day. And I said, you don't have to. I said, you know, you don't have to get your Bible and say, think you have to read an entire chapter to think you've got. I said, there are times where I've read a couple of verses. There's times where I've read a chapter. And there is times I just looked at this one verse and it just blessed my socks off. 
just one verse. And it just goes over and over and over. And I think, oh God, how wonderful this is. How great this is. See, that's how God imparts his wisdom. And how we get wisdom from him is by listening to his word. And desire his wisdom. Amen. And then this, we got to obey. And I've said this before, we've got to obey God's word. What he tells us to do, we've got to do it. Amen. We have to do it. We have to do it. And let me, it, that, to be honest, that's, I could go more and in depth and all of that. But one thing is this. It's called, in the, la, in the last part of the book, it's called a heating mind. And it says, a humble spirit says, I need God. A hungry soul says, I desire God. A hearing heart says, I will listen to God. And a heeding mind says, I will obey God. See, there it is right there. Sometimes we have to say, I want to kill this person and slap their tires. But God's word says, I can't do that. And I'm being funny again. But in situations... You'll say, I feel like I need to worry about this. I feel like I'm fretting about this. I feel fear coming on me. I feel anger bowling up in me. But God's word says I can't do it. And that's the key. We have to condition ourselves. That was one thing. Brett, I took him to practice. He started practice cross country. on. They had a little break, and I'm closing. They had a little break during the summer. And then Monday they got back um, into running. And there was all these kind of boys running and everything. And so me and Marcy were watching and I was looking at these kids. And it was so hot. And I thought, oh, I remember those days <laughs> when it would be so hot. And I said, and I looked at them and some of them just, they take their shirt off. They just doused in the water. They just... Someone hold their heads or hold their just pant hard and all that kind of stuff. And I leaned over to Marcy and I said, I know this is hard. But one thing this does is teaches endurance. You have to endure the heat. You have to endure the bad stuff. Because you can't make it with just being fast and swift because you know it. Oh. They'd start that first lap, they'd go real fast. About that second lap, they'd lag down a little bit. Then, that, then they're all the way down below. They didn't build up that endurance. And sometimes it's hot. And sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes, our, oh, I used to have these cramps like right here. And oh, I'd, I'd hate them. Our bodies hurt, the heat's on, we feel like giving up. But folks, it's during that time where we have to press on. And we have to say, I know what I feel like, but God's word says this. God's word says to do this. God's word says I can't do this for that reason. Amen? So I want you to think about this, that we need to pray to be filled with God's wisdom. God's wisdom to help us on what we need to do, on, on anything. 
God, how can I? God, give me your wisdom to, to figure out some things that work. God, give me wisdom to figure out how to win this loved one or how to win or how to invite or how to do this or how to do that or whatever. God, give me wisdom on trying to be a better Christian, being more devoted to you. Give me what I need to know, what I need to do. I told, I told Marcy this too, and I promise I'm, I'm, this is it, I promise you. But I had said, Marcy, I said, I looked and I said, I don't like this. My body doesn't like it. My mind doesn't like this, but I need structure. And I'm just talking about personal things with me and her. And I said, I just can't have, I, I've got to have a structure. I do better when I'm structured. I do better when I have things and I write them down and I do a schedule and I say I need to do this or that or the other. I do things so much better in my personal life than I just don't and just everything comes in and at us. Some people can do that. I can't and so I have to have a schedule. And I said, see Marcy, I think that's just God telling and talking to me on things that I need to improve on myself. And see, God will do the same thing for you. God will correct you in a loving way, not ball beat us and, and get a belt and whip us and hit us and, you know, all that stuff. But he'll gently just say, hey, you've got, <laughs> you got issues. <laughs> and you, you need correction. You need help with this. And won't he do it? And it's just beautiful how he gives us that insight. And it's all because we ask for his wisdom. Psalms 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandment. So see, it's not just about having the knowledge and the facts, but it's also applying those facts. And that's what the wisdom of God is. Amen. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit newbeginningag.com slash gift for more information. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can click the share button to post on any of your social media pages. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.